It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, the trade deadline came and went, and nothing happened. And Andy Dalton, the biggest news in about a decade for the Bengals, Andy Dalton goes to the bench. Ryan Finley will be starting for the Cincinnati Bengals after the bye week, ostensibly for the second half of the season. That and Joe talks with Paul from the Cincinnati Bengals UK podcast. So check that out in segments two and three. And I'll give you my take on the Andy Dalton benching and the lack of activity at the trade deadline in segment one. Zach Taylor faced local Cincinnati media today at 2.30 after NFL Network and NFL.com's Tom Pelissero broke the news that Andy Dalton was going to the bench. He's in the midst of a pretty poor statistical season and is coming off of a relatively lackluster performance against the Los Angeles Rams, where he left points on the field by missing some deep throws, and he looked generally pretty uncomfortable. Maybe he's just shaken up by the poor offensive line play in front of him, doesn't know who to trust, doesn't have A.J. Green to throw to. Generally, just things aren't going well for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. You can add to that equation a league-worst running attack, and it just all fell on Dalton's shoulders, and Dalton is a guy that for years we've said, needs a team around him to be successful and to win games. This isn't Dalton's worst season by any stretch. His first two seasons in the NFL were worse, and he had A.J. Green and a better offensive line those years. The last few years, the offensive line has been deteriorating year over year. The weapons have been getting slowly worse, especially with A.J. Green injured this year. John Ross can't stay on the field. It's a far cry for Mohamed Sanu, Marvin Jones, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert in 2015, along with probably the best offensive line he ever played behind. And ever since he broke his thumb against the Steelers, ruining that 2015 season that had a chance to be special, things just haven't gone Andy Dalton's way, nor have they gone the Bengals' way. So instead, the Bengals turn to the rookie, Ryan Finley, the North Carolina State Wolfpack fourth-round pick that they traded up for and made sure they got. 
They really like Finley's intelligence. They like his accuracy. They like his ability to stand in the pocket, move around, keep his eyes downfield. But the big question for Finley is, can he push the ball downfield? In the preseason, he only targeted four passes 20 yards or deeper downfield, and he only completed one of them. In the intermediate part of the field, he was a little bit better, going 13 for 17, but he did throw an interception in the middle part of the field. And he threw a bunch of passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, going 26 for 31 for passes 10 yards or closer to the line of scrimmage, and 7 for 7 for passes behind the line of scrimmage. Generally, some things that he can hang his hat on there, but visible from the passing chart, and given it was a preseason, we don't know if they're going to try to push it more downfield in the regular season. Totally different offense than what we saw in the preseason, but they weren't asking Finley to push it downfield. And I remember paying attention to whether he attempted any far hash throws outside the numbers, and I don't think he did in the entire preseason. So that's your limitation with Ryan Finley. He doesn't have the arm strength to push the ball downfield or to make tight window sideline throws, especially timing patterns like those 10-yard, 15-yard outs. Those are tough throws for Finley unless he can throw them with great anticipation, great touch, and great ball placement. Luckily, those are relative strengths of Finley, so we'll get to see what he has. And that's a big justification from Zach Taylor. At 0-8, he's ready to see what he has in his rookie quarterback. If they were winning games, there's 100% chance that Andy Dalton is still playing. Many of you on Twitter that got in touch with me today expressed some measure of relief saying that this move should have come a long time ago and you're happy that the Bengals finally made the move. My argument is more that this season never mattered when they went into the season with Andy Dalton and a fourth-round pick rookie as their two top quarterbacks. If they were going to make a move at quarterback, it had to have happened in the draft. They passed on Dwayne Haskins. Maybe that was correct. They passed on quarterbacks the last three years, though. So this is just overdue for me. Ryan Finley, Andy Dalton doesn't move the needle for me this year. It doesn't move the needle for me on what the Bengals need going forward, and I believe they still need a franchise quarterback. Ryan Finley will have eight games to prove me wrong and prove that he can be the first quarterback with his particular profile to succeed at a high level in the NFL. And what I mean by that is Finley was 24 when he was drafted by the Bengals, and there is a very short to non-existent list of 24-year-old quarterbacks, especially with his production metrics, that have gone on to have successful NFL careers. I think we're all hoping that Ryan Finley can be the answer, but I think that that is a long shot. I don't think it moves the needle for the rest of 2019, despite Zach Taylor's mantra that he is here to win games this year. In his press conference, he wouldn't address the trade deadline. The Bengals did nothing, by the way. And he wouldn't talk about the future. He's hyper-focused on 2019 and winning games now, building a culture, building momentum. And reporters fairly asked him, what are we building momentum toward? Can this team be competitive in 2020? Taylor just said, you know what? I'm here to win games this year. And that's all he wanted to talk about. For me, that just makes me question, what's the long-term plan? I understand the short-term plan. You want to win games. Every NFL coach is going to say the same thing, but I'm still waiting to see the vision for the future and sustainable success in Cincinnati. And at this point, I think it's fair to say that that should be the biggest question. What is the long-term plan? Cordy Glenn is still on the team. He's under contract next year. He has reportedly asked to be released. He doesn't want to be in Cincinnati. Of course, Trent Williams returned from his holdout today, so maybe these guys are coming around and seeing the light and saying, you know what, I've got to play football. 
I've got to do my contract for this year and hopefully I can get into another position in the future. We'll see if that's the case for Cordy Glenn, but Tyler Eifert still on the team. One-year deal. The Patriots reportedly were asking after him. We don't know what the offer was, but is it worth more than Tyler Eifert being on the team? Well, maybe not if they want to give Ryan Finley every chance for success. And Ryan Finley, with A.J. Green's return imminent against Baltimore in Week 10, is going to have better weapons than Andy Dalton has this year. He'll have A.J. Green. He'll probably get John Ross back at some point. Assuming that A.J. Green stays healthy, he might have the top three receivers for the first time all season in a few weeks. And if Tyler Eifert stays healthy and joins them, that's all of your top weapons healthy. Maybe he gets Jonah Williams back. Maybe John Miller gets healthy. Well, suddenly, he's got the healthiest offense they've had all year, and Ryan Finley's your quarterback now. I think there's a chance that Ryan Finley scratches out some wins. And if he does, good for him. I know I personally will need to see a lot more than a few wins to be convinced that Ryan Finley is a reason that they should draft anything except a quarterback if they're picking in the top three. Joe is on next with Paul from the Bengals UK podcast to get a listen to how things went for Bengals fans in London. And it was a cool experience, so I encourage you to listen, hear how the party went, hear how the game experience was, and get a perspective from fans all the way across the pond. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today we're joined by Paul Herons of the Bengals UK podcast, Cincy Natter. And make sure you check them out. They're a great friend of the show. We had a little bit of audio distortion at the beginning of my recording, so I'm just redoing this and then jumping you right in to the conversation with Paul and his experiences in London this week with all the Bengals fans that traveled to see the team with him. It was the... Hello, Joe, by the way. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's nice to talk with you again. Um, the weekend... Wow. Okay. Well, it kind of, well, it started a few months ago once, once we heard that the Bengals were coming over probably six months ago. Right. So it was kind of like, right. Bengals UK fans assemble. And, um, it, you know, we've grown quite a lot since the last time they came over in 2016, I want to say, yeah, 2016. Um, 
see, even my recall, of, it should tell you how I am, because my recall and brain function seems to be diminished somewhat, shall we say, after the weekend that just yeah. was. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we like to... You know, as you know, we like to shout quite loudly on social media, especially for a, for a team that's such a small market team. And I think we've really done a good job with that. And um, so suddenly it sprang into action. You know, we made tour guides. We kind of did little videos showing people what Wembley was like, you know, in the, certainly in the lead up the week before um, the game. Uh, when things started to kind of shift into gear and the Cincinnati media started taking more and more notice of us again, you know, various Bengals fans here in the UK were on you know, local radio and all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. But, you know, I, I was kind of one part fan group figurehead and one part tour guide, really. I had people messaging, um, you know, the the uh, well, our Twitter feed asking, you know, which pub, where to go to, what, you, what do we do with travel? I've never been to London. I don't know what I'm doing. What am I going to do? And right. So, and I didn't mind that because weirdly you feel a certain amount of responsibility because it's your home. You know, I've lived in London for 25 years, so I count that now as my hometown, but it's also my home country. And I'm, you know, well aware that we were representing, uh, even though, there were, you know, there's a, it's a broad church and there's lots and lots of different opinions within the group. Um, you know, I was well aware that we were kind of representing British fans, you know, Bengals fans. So you take, weirdly some sort of put some responsibility onto your shoulders a little bit so I was I was just really really happy that uh, everyone seemed to have a really good time and I'll, I'll just add one thing I was terrified it's like you know when you host a birthday party or a party your party right and you're terrified that no one's going to come right and uh, you only relax when you know the room is kind of half full or even full um that was me this weekend i got down to the admiralty pub which is you know each team that comes over gets a pub they get assigned a pub that is the fan pub all weekend so i got down there on thursday afternoon and saw uh jeremy and jess Conley. you know bengal's captain yep. he was already there he was keen as mustard you know they've been before and they love they love the uk so that's great to see those guys and yeah just basically lived at the at the pub really for for kind of what thursday friday and saturday um and then i was terrified because you know the team is doing badly and all the rest of it i was terrified that, that the pub was going to be kind of half empty but have i shouldn't have had any fears the pub was absolutely rammed for both nights friday and saturday and it was just a whirlwind because you also get to meet people who you've only spoken to on Twitter and social media before, right? So actually to be in the same room as Bengals fans, British Bengals fans, and also uh, American Bengals fans as well, a lot of those guys came over again. You know, you know, I tip my hat to those guys. It's a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely pleased as punch, as we say over here, that the whole thing went pretty smoothly and, and the atmosphere was fantastic. Yeah, I was following through social media and, you know, it just looked like a really good time. And I'm glad so many people did. I had, I had the same thoughts. I wondered if, 
you know, people wouldn't go through with it with the season the way it was going. But I think people took it as a an opportunity, a vacation, a, a chance to do something maybe they haven't done before. And uh, as I'm watching on the social media and the nights and the parties and everyone out there, and I'm recognizing so many Bengals fans and and, yeah. and big Bengals fans, you know, people that represent the the fandom, if you will, uh, over mm. there and, and meeting each other and hanging out and having drinks together. And I just thought, man, this got to be so surreal for the the people over in the UK to see just Bengals things. I mean, if you're a fan of yeah. the Bengals like you are, Paul, you don't. How often do you see another Bengals fan unless you're attempting to get together? So seeing well, this, them must have been crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I mean, this is why we started this group, to be honest with you, because I, you know we've spoken before about this. Um, you know, we've known each other for a while now, and um, you know, it's it's kind of it is surreal. You, that is the absolute word. But also, I'm going to add in in uh, exhilarating and invigorating as well, because um, you know, watching the NFL over here, because we're all scattered around the country in different parts. There's no one epicenter. Uh, you know, Bengals fans. It's not like uh, uh, the Shire in Lord of the Rings, where all you know, play one little place where Bengals fans skip merrily along little country lanes and drink flagons of ale in in you know fifteenth century pubs. Do you know what I mean? It's right. we are scattered all over the country, and uh, so watching the games can be quite a solitary experience. And the beauty. You know, there's lots of good and bad things about social media. But one of the good things about social media is that we can chat to other people online. You know, you, you know, some of the journalists over there, uh, other Bengals fans around the world during the games. Right. And that's that's the fun of social media is the interaction and, and the community building aspect. And we just thought, you know what? We've got to do something here because there are enough Bengals fans to do a, you know, make some sort of fan group. And, um, you know, whenever we do get together, I mean, I think we're quite, we're a little bit past the surreal stage because we've been doing it for sort of four or five years now. But uh, the effect is still the same when you get a room full of Bengals fans who are so used to watching the games online on their own or maybe with a couple of friends you know who whatever it might be but to be in a room full of Bengals fans you just got your brain goes into overdrive you cannot stop it's like you like dropped a load of amphetamines or something like that you just <laughs> cannot stop talking and at speed as well so uh I, I i don't think i've ever spoken as much uh all at once to so many people this weekend for a long time so my voice is a little bit shot to pieces you know um but yeah it's a surreal experience but also as i say it's exhilarating because you're extremely excited because you know people go into work the next day here and go hey what about those bengals we're terrible this year and their co-workers will just look at them and say sorry bengal right (laughs) what are you talking about cats or you've got a new pet or what what are you talking about and uh so to have people who know not you know kind of know what you're talking about is fantastic and and it's invigorating because you know as a fan group we do need a bit of a shot in the arm and I hope that we some of the excitement and some of the the good feeling kind of you know transmitted uh, across to all areas of the globe really that sounds really kind of pompous and uh, perhaps a little bit utopian but I do hope people saw that uh, you know when fans get together it's there is still fun to be had um uh, even if your team is doing badly, you know, that's one of the topics of conversation. You can actually laugh about it in a, in a funny sort of way, you know? Um, so yeah, I hope uh, it was invigorating for us. I hope, 
I hope some of that fun and energy was was kind of picked up and transmitted to back to the States. And uh, hopefully it was sort of maybe semi half invigorating for some other people as well. I think it was for sure. And actually, I, uh, someone asked me, do I, do I think the Bengals may have a little of advantage playing in the UK? Because they've been, let's face it, they've been booed pretty quickly in Cincinnati for a half full yeah. stadium at best, you know, if things don't go right. And instead, uh, you get a mixed crowd at Wembley and you and there's yes. a lot of Bengals fans there. But, you know, it, you even saw times they're supposed to be the away team. And you see Carlos yeah. Dunlap pumping up the crowd and getting them into it and right. actually could hear them yeah. on TV. And I thought, you know, I wonder if this team is going to play a little bit better than expected. But we'll talk about the game, talk about the Bengals in the sure. season after on the next segment. Because oh, I want to get your take you on all that. We have to. <laughs> Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Paul, so the game, the Bengals, in my opinion, played maybe their second best game all year, despite only putting 14 points on the board. This reminded me a lot, especially in the first half of the the Rams game from, I'm sorry, the, the Seattle game from week one, where the offense was moving the ball pretty well, the defense had its issues, and then everything kind of flipped in this game. Mm. And I, I thought they had a little bit of energy, a little bit of juice in the beginning, Um from your perspective, when you were there, you're, you're at Wembley Stadium. Uh, I imagine you're sitting with a bunch of Bengals fans having a good time. But what was the atmosphere like for the game as you're watching? Was there anything that, that uh, you saw you didn't expect? What was your experience from seeing this team for the first time in, what, three years? Um, no, I went to Cincinnati oh, the year after. I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but that was the Chicago game, so I don't really want to be reminded of that because I travelled 5,000 miles to see right. that garbage. <laughs> but anyway, we'll skip over that. Um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was the weird thing. All the pub stuff happened. You know, all our crew was there. People like, you know, like Sam Angel and Peter Dadswell and, sure. you know, real hardcore listeners to your Locked On Bengals podcast. You know, you and Jake do a fantastic job, by the way. Uh, you've also got you know, Andrew Dockerell, who's also in contact with you all the time. So they were all there and we arranged to do a mass who day chant outside the ground. And yeah, that was fantastic. We must have got like two, three hundred people all singing the fight song beforehand. And you can go on our social media to see that. I did see but, that. <clears throat> excuse me. That's the, uh, not just another kind of humble brag right there. There is a point to this. Um, as soon as that finished, it was kind of like, oh, right. We've got to go and see the game now. And oh, this is the one thing that I'm really worried about. Right. And, uh, so it's like, okay, come on, don't embarrass us, don't don't get humiliated on our soil. And I think, I, genuinely, I thought that uh, they actually played well offensively in that first half. They played pretty well, and I, I am exactly like you. I thought, you know, being away from the kind of feral atmosphere of, of Cincinnati and and just out of the the continent and coming to somewhere completely neutral, the Rams had farther to travel, so perhaps they're. Yeah. Jet lag was a little bit more intense and, you know, we're grasping at straws here. But, you know, you've got to take what you can at this stage of the season. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, the Rams drove down pretty well first time. You know, 
it was just like, oh, here we go. Big chunk plays, you know, lots of misdirection. I just thought, here we go again. You know, our linebackers can't cover or kind of, they're not great in pursuit. You could see that kind of, you know, firsthand, really. Um, but when the Bengals got the ball, I was impressed. You know, they got, I, you know, you're right to say it was similar to the, in my eyes at least, similar to the Seattle game because we were we were moving the ball. And one of my sort of things was, during the past three, four weeks, you know, they've been really trying to force the run, even though, uh, yeah. you know, the offensive line just can't open, you know, a hair's breadth of a lane to run through, you know. And um, and I just thought, look, just come out like you did against Seattle and pass it. Just, those, just go pure West Coast. Just go those short little slants. Just keep the ball moving, you know, uh, because we've got the players. We can do it. Dalton can do it when he's on. And I thought they looked pretty sharp, you know. Um, and you're right. You know, obviously, Cooper Cup had an amazing day in that first half, a ridiculous day. Um, and I just think, I think the Rams won the key moments. That that was it. We hung with them pretty much all through the game. But once they went 24-10 up, it's like, this is going to be really difficult now because everyone's under pressure. They're playing catch-up. Um and, you know, when we had them at third and God knows what, you know, several times, you know, Gurley ripped off a huge run back. I think they were backed, uh, back down in their five, you know, in their five yard line. And, you know, Gurley, and they, so Gurley ripped off that huge run. And there was another third down, I think, where Goff sort of threw that great pass to Cup, which just yeah. beat Tony McRae and, and, you know, and uh, Sean Williams. And that was just they were just killer blows. And I do think the Rams just won the key moments. And when we were presented with great field position, uh, you know, certainly some red zone penetration, we just couldn't do it at those key motion at moments, you know? So yeah, I think the Rams uh, won the key moments for sure, uh, but they weren't that much better than us. I don't think I really don't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it was the two, I think, red zone failures for the Bengals that ultimately was the difference. I mean, 14-point game, uh, sure, the last one was in garbage time where they end up not getting anything after they overturned the Odd and Tate touchdown. But there was one earlier where they tried to get the slant to Stanley Morgan Jr. and and, uh, mm. and Jalen Ramsey tackles him at the three-yard line or so. I just, yeah. you know, you, you, you rewind and say 14-point game. You fell twice inside the five-yard line. That typically is the difference between good teams and bad teams. The Rams made their plays. The Bengals did not, and here we are at 0-8. Yeah, and that's frustrating. And, uh, you know, I, I desperately want this. I think we all do. We want this team to succeed, you know, whether you know whatever issues we have with either the coach or the front office or whatever it might be, you know, we I want, desperately want this team to succeed because we know what pieces they've got. And... Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. I don't think anybody thought that we were going to be this bad. No. You know, there was the feeling that it might take a little bit of time or you would hope it would be a bit like Kingsbury in Arizona where, you know, had a terrible start. Then, you know, they started to shift things around. But um, I do agree with Zach Taylor. I think that they're improving incrementally. Uh, now, obviously, our expectations have lowered uh, somewhat since the start of the season. So I will take incremental improvement at this moment you know um because this thing isn't going to be fixed overnight and certainly you know we're obviously not going to trouble the playoffs or anything like that um so yeah i i hope that uh well your your listeners are going to kill me there i'm not a fan of the tank so um oh I, no 
I want a little bit of momentum going into next season. But I also want some major surgery done on this team in the off season, you know. And um, but we'll see. Yeah, but it was frustrating. It was great. It was great to be there. And it's it's very difficult to gauge at Wembley because, as you rightly mentioned, there are when an NFL team comes to comes to London, it doesn't really matter who's got the home game or the away game. It's not a partisan home crowd. It's not a you know, you don't have that kind of weight of home field advantage, if you like. You don't have the 12th man or person, you know. It is, you know, you get fans from all over the country supporting all different teams coming down just to watch. Because the NFL is so scarce in this country, you know, they'll come down to watch your game. So it was difficult to to gauge how how many Bengals fans were there. But, um, and of course, they also don't let you, when I say they, NFL UK don't let or haven't no, it's probably a bit just maybe I'm not wording this correctly haven't figured out a way to uh, get a section for each team's fans so yeah. you get people so my my best friend who I go to the NFL games is a Seahawks fan and um, so you're in the queue for Ticketmaster who handles the, the ticket sales over here they presented me with a ticket which is like $250 and I was like you know Bengals is my team but I can't afford $250 and my friend is certainly not going to pay $250 to see a team that he doesn't support so you refuse that and then you could get uh, put back down to the bottom of the queue uh, and then when the time your time comes again you suddenly realize that there are no seats left together mm. so for the last two years, we've had to sit apart in the in the same stadium and just kind of text each other on on WhatsApp. You know, um, I did end up sitting next randomly next to an Irish Bengals fan, so at least we were kind of having a bitch and a moan and a and a, the occasional <laughs> cheer when uh, when the Bengals did something or didn't do something. You know, so um, yeah, it's difficult, but there there did seem to be a lot of Bengals fans there, so that was that was great. That was really good. To see. Yeah, it's interesting that, that that's how the process goes for acquiring tickets. But uh, you say you're not a fan of the tank. They're 0-8 uh-huh. now. You know, uh, I just so want to get your pers- – <laughs> I'm not going to kill you for it. There's a lot of people that are okay. afraid of okay. that, that. You know, I, and it's not that I, – I don't want to go 0-16. I don't think I want that stench on the franchise at all. But uh, mm. I think – you know me. I'm a big draft guy. I love it. I look at it as the biggest opportunity for a franchise like the Bengals mm. to – flip that switch on and, and all of a sudden create some magic, if, if you will, if they are able to acquire a top pick and then hit it correctly. Yeah. And I'm talking about quarterback because that is yeah, the, yeah. the main position on the roster. But um, as you look at it at O and eight, what are you looking for the second half of the year? If you're not looking for them to, you know, maybe just win two games and acquire that, that number one, secure that number one pick. What are you, are you looking for progress at a specific position? The young guys, some of these guys that are getting healthy could actually help yeah. them. Well, what's, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. your objective remaining? My objective, I think, or should be, I mean, I, I do think in the front office, and, you know, they're not they're not as stupid as many fans think, you know. <laughs> or, no, which is like the playlist, I think. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. They're not stupid. They know that this team is, is horrible this year. And in some ways, they're kind of right to want to evaluate the roster when everyone's healthy, right? I, I think that's a fair... That's a fair enough thing to do. But also, I also think that, you know, this is not an isolated season. You know, uh, this mm-hmm. is now, what, the third year that we're going to be uh, a losing season. 
have a losing season. So, you know, some pretty major surgery is needed, I think. So I'm looking for two things, really. I'm looking for the front office to come up with a plan. I do think that's, you know, whatever it might be, a plan. Now, they've come up with plans in the past and, you know, they wanted to draft a couple of young tackles to take over Whitworth eventually. That was a sound plan, I thought. It's just that they didn't pick the right players. And the fact that Whitworth was still playing at a pro bowl level. In fact, you know, this year, perhaps you could say, well, this is the year that we're starting to see a little bit of, you know, come down from Whitworth's form. But that's another story. But you know what I mean? They come up with plans. They, you know, they drafted for Cordy Glenn, right? Right. Uh, uh, On his day, a pro bowl caliber, just about borderline pro bowl caliber left tackle. And what do we need? We desperately need a left tackle after the... The, the disappointments of a boy and, and Jake Fisher. Um, again, they picked the wrong player because they ignored some warning signs from Buffalo, you know? Um, so I, you know, I do think they need to come up with a plan on the pitch. I want to see, um, I want to see how the players adapt to Zach Taylor's scheme when there's a little bit more health along the offensive line, because I do think Taylor's been, Whatever you think of him or his scheme, uh, you know, I think he has been. Uh, it's almost like kind of doing something with one hand tied behind your back. You know, I don't yeah. think we're seeing half the stuff that he wants to do because of the personnel. And I also think this is pretty much the same team that failed two years in a row. And he's kind of inherited that, really. So I want to see more of his guys in the team. Um I also want to see the players that regress just carry on getting their confidence. You know, I know that you guys have been speaking about Jesse Bates mm-hmm. uh, recently a lot. Uh, I thought I thought he played much better. Uh, certainly the last couple of games, he tackled more, a lot more soundly. Agreed. And he seemed to be in better position, albeit once or twice, you know. So, um, I think the trouble is, in this world, and especially when you're 0-8, you're desperate for a quick fix, right? You are desperate for something to be turned around like the click of someone's fingers. That's just not going to happen this year. So we're just going to, I think we just have to kind of bear with it and hope that they make some moves and hit on some players, both in free agency and in the, I still think they're going to be tip, uh, picking top five next year. I really do. Uh, and I do think that'll have, you know, there'll be the chance to draft someone, hopefully, you know, who will change the team. Like, not overnight, but you know what I mean, had that massive impact. I do think there will be the chance to draft someone like that next year. So again, it's a confluence and it's a range of different things that have got us into this mess. I think it's a, it's a range of things that will get us out of it as well. Indeed. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining me here. And uh, I, you know, I know you're on vacation taking a little relaxation after that uh, (laughs) strenuous week. I'm sure you had, but uh, I I do sincerely appreciate it. I'm sure I'll be on with you guys uh, sometime in the spring to talk NFL draft. And I, I was just thinking today before you came on here that, you know, I've been on with you guys a few times and I believe I was hosting or co-hosting a Cincy Jungle podcast maybe like seven years ago. And we had you yes. on originally and that's yeah. when we first yeah. met. So yeah. it's been a nice yeah. uh, relationship. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate all, all the work you guys do. Uh, tell the people where they can find your podcast and where they can follow you guys on Twitter. Well, first of all, I'll start that again. See, I told you my Paris speech <laughs> just, you know, 
gone. My brain is mashed potato. It's terrible. Um, okay, so you can find us on Twitter. We're called Bengals UK, but our Twitter handle, uh, hilariously, is at Hooday underscore UK. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook. On uh, What are we called on Facebook? Yes, Bengals UK. <laughs> I think I know that by now. Um, and yes, we do a podcast. Uh, we try and do it every week. I mean, I take my hat to you and Jake. You do it every day because we just did like two or three over the weekend. And that's honestly, it's that's broken me. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, kudos to you and Jake for doing such a good job daily. Um, but yeah, our podcast is called Cincinnati. And obviously, if you follow us on on either of those two social media platforms, uh, you'll see it advertised and whatnot. But you can find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, I believe. And we're ho- we, we, we're hosted by SoundCloud. So, you know, just, just put it into your favourite search engine and it should come up at some stage. So, um, yeah, we try to have fun with it. We don't try and replicate you guys. Uh, we don't try, try and replicate other uh, Bengals podcasts. We do it uh, sort of our own way, and we do it in a sort of very British style, I guess. So I hope that's half the charm of it, really. Uh, and we just try and have a bit of fun, and um, we have guests on, and we talk rubbish, and all the rest of it. So it's it's great fun to do. And honestly, this weekend, I don't know if you'd have asked me like seven years ago when we first spoke on Cincy Jungle whether I'd be doing this. And, you know, shoving a microphone into, I don't know, Gio Bernard's face and right. asking him what he thought. I would have laughed in your face, I think, continually for about 45 minutes. So this is, yeah, it, it, again, let's just use that word surreal. It is surreal, but it's, uh, goodness me, it's great fun, though. I tell you what, it is really, really good fun. Well, I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy with uh with everything you've done and how big you guys have grown, especially you, Paul, you've been such a good guy and a good friend over the last few years. So thank you again for joining us and everyone go check out their podcast. We are friends here. This is not competing podcasts. And uh, so feel free to check them out and like subscribe, all that stuff. And again, Paul, thank you very much. It's a pleasure, Joe. It's always fun to talk to you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.